God, you are a living hope. God, you are all that we need. And God, we pray this morning that you might fill our hearts again with the knowledge of your goodness and your grace. God, that we might know how good, how strong you really are. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you might fill us to overflowing so that those around us would know how much you love them, how you've created them with purpose, how you know them, and yet you still love them. God, would you live through us? Would you breathe through us? Would you speak through us? Lord Jesus, we give you so much praise this morning. We thank you that you are in this place with us, that we can praise your name, we can worship you, we can surrender to you. And God, this morning I pray for those here, maybe you feel like they've, they've lost touch with you, maybe distant from you. God, I pray this morning they might feel your presence and know your grace afresh. That something might change in their hearts this morning. And it might be the work of your spirit. So God, we thank you so much. We love you so much. We pray that you'd be with us in these next few moments. We pray in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, please take a seat. Good morning. Welcome to the last session of camp. So glad that you've, I know you're a few days late, but you've managed to join us for the last session of camp. Better late than never. Uh, we have had uh, a great time down on the Banksia Peninsula for the last three days, haven't we? Yeah. Worshipping God, getting all sorts of sunburn and windburn, um, tired, cranky. Not hungry though, had heaps of food, spiritually full, physically full, it was a great time. Um, and if you have no idea that there was a youth camp on, welcome, you're here, you're on camp. This is the last session, and the kids are going home after this. They've got their bags, they're, they're ready to go home, but they've got one more session to, to get through, um, and you get, to, you get to listen in on it. So for the last couple of weeks on Sundays, I know this is sort of, I'm getting out of camp mode now, um, these, these messages weren't at camp, we've been looking at this idea that I'm in, and we've looked at the, the idea that I'm invited, you are invited, and then last week we looked at the idea that you are invaluable. You are invaluable. And this morning we're going to look at this idea that you are influential. You are influential. Just turn to the person next to you and say, you are influential. And then just turn to the person on the other side, the second choice, and say, you are influential. All right, let's look at a scripture in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 18 to 21. It says this, Everything is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What a great scripture, hey? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that it's living, it is active, it's able to change us, encourage us, challenge us. And God, we pray that we would do all those things this morning, that you would help us to be open to the work of your spirit. 
open to your word this morning, ready to obey. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Influences. Influences. What's the first thing that comes to mind when I say the word influencer? Maybe Instagram for some of our young ones. How many subscribers you've got, how many likes, how many follows, how many hashtag repeats and TikTok wahoos. And <laughs> Do you know, um, my boys are trying to be influencers. They are on YouTube all the time. They love watching YouTube and they love watching... I mean, this is a funny thing that kids love to watch. Um, they love watching other kids play with toys. So they've, they've got a toy at home, but they sometimes like watching other kids play with toys and then they get ideas, I think, of like, oh, we could do that, and then they play with toys. So they said, Dad, Dad, and this with their, their two best buddies, Jeremy and Ethan, who are on a plane now home from India, um, have started their own YouTube channel, trying to be their own, in their own way, influencers. And so they've started a, the Four Bro Pros. It's very cute. You can, just, you can just subscribe to it if you want. They've got five subscribers, and I think they're all family members. <laughs> they're not quite in influencer territory yet, but maybe uh, they'll get there. Um, but, you know, the, if you look up the word, if you look up the idea of what is an influencer, what is an influencer? Google will tell you this. An influencer is someone who has the power to affect the purchasing decisions of others because of his or her authority, knowledge, position, or relationship with his or her audience. And so by that definition, maybe some of us would go, well, I don't think I'm an influencer, Brad. I'm not even on Instagram. Um, I don't have a YouTube channel. Um, I have Facebook, but I've got like 30 friends, and I actually know them all. Um, I'm not really an influencer. I want to encourage you and challenge you this morning that maybe the culture's definition of what it is to be an influencer has slightly um, gone away from what God has said for you to be an influencer. You are called to be an influencer, and you are influential. You have no idea the power of one conversation, one smile, one gesture, one word of encouragement, one expression of love, and how that might change somebody's life, how that might change the trajectory of somebody's faith. Like I said, culture has hijacked the meaning of influencer. The people that have influenced us and our faith and our journey have been people like our teachers, our parents, our kids leaders, our youth leaders, our camp leaders. Jesus um, calls us to be, like we just read, an ambassador. So in 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 5, sorry, verse 20, it says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. The idea that Jesus has brought us together with God and he's then giving us the message to carry. An ambassador is someone who is an official representative in a foreign place of another country. And this is the, the image that Paul, the writer of 2 Corinthians, wants to get in your mind that you are an ambassador, that you are a carrier of a different culture, you are a carrier of a different ki kingdom, you have a message to bring to a foreign place. You represent Christ and you are called to influence others towards reconciliation, towards forgiveness. We represent forgiveness and reconciliation. You are meant to be an ambassador, an influence that brings about relational change. So one of the definitions of ambassador is an official representative to bring about relationship 
with the foreign country. How cool is that? And so you are meant to be an ambassador, an influence that brings about relational change. And we all influence people around us in some way or another. It's not a question of if we influence, it's just how we influence. What is your influence? What do you highlight in your life? What is your life's message? What is the trajectory of your own life? What is the journey of your own life? And through that journey, what are you pointing other people towards? What do you represent? What is your home country? Another way that the scripture talks about us being an influencer, or what it means to be an influencer, is a a passage in Matthew 5, verses 13 to 16. Now, if you were part of um, our sermons last year, we, we talked about this a little bit. And we talked about this idea in Matthew 5, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. We are called to be salt and light. And what does salt do? Salt preserves and salt adds flavor. Salt adds flavor. The message translation uh, says it this way. It says you are to bring the God flavors out in this world. You are to show people the goodness of God in this world. And what does light do? It reveals it illuminates things that can't be otherwise seen. Salty and shiny. Salty and shiny. And this is the influence that we are called to have. And then Jesus says, this is also people will see and praise your heavenly Father. All your good works, all your influence is not so people will see you, not so that you'll get all the likes and you'll get all the subscribes and you'll get all the follows, but so that Jesus will, so that he'll get all the likes, so he'll get more followers. We're not called to be influencers for our own sake, but for his sake. One of the problems we have when we think about the word influence, or the idea of being an influencer, is that we think that to be a real influencer, I've got to have some sort of platform. I've got to have some sort of place in culture, place amongst my peers or my friends or those that are looking at me, so I can tell them something. So, Brad, you're an influencer because you've got a microphone, you're on stage, and you're in front of all of us, and so you're an influencer because you've got a platform, like a literal platform. But true and lasting influence always starts with people before platform. True and lasting influence always starts with people before platform. I look back at the people in my life that have influenced my life, and it hasn't been people on a platform. It hasn't been people on um, Instagram, although... I didn't have Instagram when I was young, just revealing some of my age. I'm at least 10 years old. But who has influenced my life and my faith journey? Well, first and foremostly, my parents have. They have taught me the Word of God. They have modelled to me what it is to live and follow Jesus. And then, who has influenced them and who has been an influence behind the scenes? My grandparents have. Praying for me and and all their grandkids and their great-grandkids every day. Unseen. My youth group leaders. People like Glenn Ingram, who's, I think, 
in Perth at the moment. My camp leaders, my small group leaders, even when back when I was 18 and trying to work out what I was going to do with my life. Deacons at that time, people who were serving on the diaconate, tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, would you consider becoming a youth pastor in our church? Influential, words of encouragement, prophetic words, friends. And the thing about influence is that influence isn't always instant and influence isn't always obvious. The way that you greet someone on a Sunday morning, you might think, well, it doesn't make much difference, but you don't know the week that that person's had and the word of, word of encouragement that, you're, that you've just brought into their life and the influence that that might have on their journey. Just because you don't see a harvest doesn't mean the seed doesn't take root. You have no idea how one conversation, one word of encouragement, one ex- expression of love might change someone's life. There's an example in Scripture, and we looked at this at camp. Brock looked at this story last night uh, in John chapter 4. And so we're going, to look at, we're going to look at this woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. The last person you would think would have any influence for Jesus. No one ever would have thought that this woman, this Samaritan woman, would have had influence on anybody. And the reason is this, to put some context into this woman's life. Jesus is on a trip and he's sort of going the long road. He's, he's not taking the usual route. And he goes through Samaria, which was a, a pretty big no-no of where Jews would go because Jews and Samaritans, they just really didn't see eye to eye. They didn't like each other. Um, Jews really hated Samaritans. Samaritans were kind of this half-breed that Jews thought, half-Jewish, half-Gentile. Uh, they were less than human, worse than dogs. This was sort of their mentality of what they thought of Samaritans. And so Jesus, when he passed through Samaria, the disciples must have thought, well, this is a bit strange, like, why are we going this way? And then he sat down by the well to have a rest, and the disciples went into town, I suppose, to to Samaria to get some, some food. And as Jesus was resting, a Samaritan woman, in the middle of the day, came to get some water from the well. And Jesus says, can you get me a drink? And this is astounding, because this Samaritan woman would have thought, what is a Jewish man doing here? And why is he talking to me? And why is he talking to me so kindly? Like he's not belittling me. He's not telling me to get out of here. He's not spitting on me. He's not turning his face away from me, but he's just asking me a question. Can you give me a drink? And so let's pick up the story in verse 9 of John chapter 4. It says, The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. And she said to Jesus, You are a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. This is a very deep well. Where would you get this living water? And besides, don't you think, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who was this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life, a fresh, bubbling spring. And so, of course, this woman wants this living water. 
I mean, she's coming out every day and she's thinking to herself, um, probably literally at this point, like, oh, it'd be great not to come to the well every day, just to have this, you know, you've seen that Tim Tam ad where the Tim Tam packet just gets constantly refills, like this living water that just sort of like somehow bubbles up and I've got this bucket of water that just every morning is full and it's good water. So, yeah, of course I want this. Give it to me. And Jesus says, go and get your husband, in verse 16. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. And Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband. For you've had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. And so this Samaritan woman was not just a Samaritan and not just a woman. She didn't just have those two things going against her, but she was also an immoral woman. She was caught in a life of sin. But Jesus saw something in her. He didn't speak down to her. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Well done. So this woman at the well, she's an immoral woman, but Jesus sees something in her. Sees something in her. That she's a miracle waiting to happen. That she is a thirsty woman. That she's craving attention. She's got some sort of issues in her life that are causing her to live this lifestyle of sin. We don't know. It doesn't give us any background to her story. It doesn't tell us why she's living the way that she is, if she's had an abusive uh, dad or if she's had past relationships that have just been terrible for her or whatever it is. But there's some sort of cycle of dysfunction in her life. And it explains a little bit why she's bypassed Um, a close water source and why she's gone in the middle of the day, in the hottest part of the day, to be by herself. She's obviously been shunned by her own community as well. She was there by herself. She didn't want to draw any attention. You know, the memory verse from camp, I've got my um, name tag on, in case you're wondering what was around my neck. Summer Camp 23, unashamed. And the memory verse of camp says this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. And I love this verse because um, the idea, those last two lines, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile, we don't have time to get into the full story of this, but basically, to summarise, it's, it's to the people that you would expect it to be for and to the people you wouldn't expect it to be for. The Jews are God's people. And the Gentiles weren't God's people, but the gospel, salvation, is for all. It's for the Jew and it's for the Samaritan woman caught in the life of sin. It doesn't matter. Jew first, then Gentile. To those who think you deserve it and those who are on the outside. And by the way, we are not a Jew, we're a Gentile in this verse. So we are on the outside. And so this woman, it starts to dawn on her that heard about this saviour coming, maybe this could be him. Jesus gives her this dignity by talking to her, by taking time to interact, which no one else would have done. He doesn't dismiss her sin, but he doesn't treat her differently because of it. Influence starts with the person right in front of you, how you treat them, how you talk to them, how you love them. And this woman was so influenced by the love of Jesus that she went back to her town to influence those in her world. 
So in John 4, verse 28 to 30, it says, the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I'd ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. I mean, this is incredible. A woman who was obviously shunned by her own community is now influencing those by pointing them and taking them to Jesus. Messed up, hurting, broken, immoral woman. And the beautiful thing about this story is that it tells us you don't have to have your life together to be an influencer. You don't have to get to a point in your life where you've got things sorted out, where you've got some things worked out, where you know enough, where you've walked with Jesus enough before you can influence those around you towards him. You are ready and you are an influencer for Jesus right now as you are. The disciples show back up and they say to Jesus, well, aren't you hungry? And Jesus says, oh, I've got, he, he just, he turns the conversation into a spiritual one. He's one of these guys. He says, I've got spiritual food you don't know anything about. And the disciples are just probably looking at each other a bit confused, like, what did we walk back to? Like, what is going on here? And then Jesus says, you know, the fields are ripe for harvest. The fields are ripe for harvest. So pray to the Lord to send out laborers into the harvest field. Or pray to God to send out influences into the harvest field. The influences are few. There's not enough of them. There's not enough people influencing people towards Jesus. The story continues in verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. And when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. What an amazing story. Who did God use? Some Instagram star with thousands of followers? No. A Samaritan woman. A sinful Samaritan woman. Shunned by those around her. The, the person you would least likely suspect to influence her town for, to come and have some sort of revival. And so you might sit in this room this morning and think, oh, I could think of a few people maybe in this room that could be influencers, but you discount yourself. You are the exact person God is looking for to be an influencer for him. You don't have to have your life all together to influence someone for Jesus. You can influence people for Jesus simply by just listening, listening to someone who is hurting, praying with somebody, inviting someone to church, texting someone an encouraging word or a scripture. You can even use your social media to influence others towards Jesus. You can post scriptures or sermon clips or, or whatever it is that, that are going to help people see more of Jesus. Or when you give something to someone in need. I mean, we've got an incredible team of, of youth leaders and people that were behind the scenes catering and praying. Every single person had influence in young people's life this week. Whether you gave financially, whether you served on camp, whether you were praying through the week, you have influence in a young person's life. And so keep doing those things. So your influence, it starts with people and it starts with an encounter with Jesus. 
It's not the big things, it's the real things. It's not the big things, it's the real things. It's things like giving towards camp and praying for it, serving at it. It's things like serving on the door and welcoming people, letting them know that they're loved and they're welcome and they have a place here. It starts at home with your kids and your grandkids and your nephews and your nieces and your brothers and your sisters. How you talk about Jesus, how you pray to him or how you don't. What you do say or what you don't say. You can't influence for Jesus if you're not influenced by him yourself. It starts with your own encounter with Jesus. So let's read this verse that we started with at the start of the message in 2 Corinthians 5. Everything is from God who has reconciled to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us, to you. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You know, we are all influenced by someone or something. There is something steering your life right now. There is something guiding your life. And the question is, is it Jesus? Because you notice that the the verse about being ambassadors is a therefore. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. And it's only there. What's it there for? Because... We are first reconciled to God. For those that are followers of Jesus, for those that are reconciled to God, you are an ambassador for him now. And if you're not, there is no better time, there is no better place than to give your life to Jesus right here and now. What better day, what better moment than to say, I'm going to be reconciled to God so I can start influencing others for Jesus. I want to be that salt, I want to be that light. I want to be an ambassador for Christ. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to get to know your story. So you can use the Connect cards in front of you and you can tick the box and pull that in and, and pass it into the, um, to the coffee card or to one of the pastors after the service. And we'd love to help you make that decision. But you are an influencer and everything you do is influencing people around you, whether you think it is or not. So what are you influencing people towards and how are you doing it? I'm going to invite the team back up and we're going to sing one last song. And this is, our, this is one of our camp songs. So you might not know it, you might, but we're going to have some fun and we're going to, we're going to praise God together. But let's stand and let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. And God, we thank you that you have reconciled us to you. You have made us right with Jesus so that we can help other people see the goodness and the glory and the grace that you offer. God, would you help us to be influencers for those around us and not towards some product, but towards Jesus, the one who gives living water, eternal life, forgiveness of sins. God, we want to shine so bright for you. Would you help us to do that? We love you so much and we we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.